Before we dive into this week's episode, I want you to know that my book, Fuck Your Diet, is dropping January 7th, but before then, you can pre-order it on fyourdiet.com. And did you know that I'm going on a book tour? Yes, I am. I will be hitting several cities across the country to promote, talk to, and perform my stand-up comedy for the Fuck Your Diet book comedy tour. I will be in Chicago, New York City, Boston, Philly, D.C., LA, San Francisco, and more. So make sure you go to my website, fyourdiet.com and sign up for the mailing list so you can get all the alerts. And I'm gonna be doing some contests too. So, you know, follow a girl. We gotta get this to the top. I want a New York Times bestseller and I need you guys to help me get it. And I believe in you because you believe in me. You're listening to Social Misfit. What's going on, Misfits? How are we doing, ladies and gentlemen? We are less than 30 days away from 2020, the end of a decade. How much has your life changed over the past 10 years? Oh my gosh, if I, you know, this is not what I wanted to talk about, but I just had this like epiphany and no, I have not smoked because I've def- drastically cut back on my cannabis consumption. Not that there's anything wrong with cannabis. I just decided to take a break because I was getting the munchies and I wanted to eat everything and then I was gaining weight. So, you know, I had to I have to be cute for my book tour. But if I think about my life, 2009 to now, oh my gosh, I just was getting into comedy. That happened, yeah, so 2020 marks my tw- my 10 years in comedy. So I was just starting to get the courage to go into comedy in 2009. Uh, I was working a full-time job in media, either at Vibe Magazine or for a startup. Hmm, I believe I had permed hair. I had a short perm crop top, like Halle Berry-ish. Huh. Oh my gosh. It's just like, I never thought that this would be my life anyway. So I'm not going to be heavy handed and be like, how are you going to change your life? Listen, baby steps. If you don't have a grandiose plan, plan for your life, don't worry about it. I did not have this plan for my life. You'll be fine. But I'm coming to you motivated tonight to to shoot. Yes, this video to this podcast and record this podcast because there was like a couple things that happened this week that I just was like, what the hell? And most of them played out on social media because that was the original premise of this podcast called Social Misfit. Now, I have a quick question before I go and get sidetracked. You know, I value you guys' opinion and I love that you seek me out and get in my ass. Well, not like in my ass, but you know, everybody's eating ass now anyway. So if you were in my ass, like you wouldn't have to be ashamed about that. But uh, I love that you're really like calling me to task about being consistent and asking me questions and reaching out to me. And so some of you reached out to me asking me my opinion on some of these topics, but I want your opinion. You know, I always aim to try and like have a guest on the show. I haven't had a guest recently because I've been busy working on my book and traveling and all that stuff. But I do want to bring guests on. But let me ask you, like, do you guys like when I have guests on or should it be like a once in a while type of thing or what? Let me know. And also, I'm going to be stepping up my audio visual stuff in 2020. So I'm not going to expand on that because I know I've let you down a lot of times, but you know, I'm going to have 
more, just, it'll be just easier for me to get this done because I won't have to do it all by myself, which is a big thing that I've had to come to terms with, which is asking for help. And I know I've mentioned that before. So ask for help. People want to work with you. If you're, if you are focused and talented and you show that you have promise and direction, you'll be surprised at how many people will want to collaborate with you. So what did I want to talk about this week? Um, three things. And I'm trying to stay laser focused on these three things because I want to make sure I hit all the points. We're going to talk about Drake, Kamala Harris, and Gabrielle Union. That's what we're talking about this week or until I record another podcast. So that's what we're talking about on this episode. Now, if you're looking like Chloe, why are we talking about Drake? So um, this great person on Twitter, I don't know her personally, but I mean, her tweets be more fire and her name is, I mean, this is also the funny thing about social media is like, you don't really know what people's names are <laughs> because they could just have an alias, but um, her name is Clark, Clarkisha Kent, Clarkisha Kent. And she goes by, I write all day underscore on Twitter. And so she wrote this article about Drake. So it's not even apparently, it's been confirmed that Drake has has this way about him where he likes to engage in text teenage girls. So he was like kiki girlfriends with Millie Bobby Brown, the chick um, Ego from Stranger Things. He was friends with a couple other uh, friends with a couple other young ingenues. And he's texting them and they're like, oh, yeah, he's like my he's like my friend. And we talk and he gives me dating advice. And now everybody, thanks to I want to say like surviving R. Kelly, shout out to Dream Hampton and other women who've come forward about being manipulated or led into relationships that were really predators preying on them because they were young people's like ears are starting to perk up and it's like, wait, why is a 30 something year old man texting a 16 year old? Girl, now I'm 38, about to be 39, and I do not text teenagers. I have teenage god kids and I barely text them, okay? And they're same sex. So can you imagine if I'm t- going around texting a 14-year-old boy or a 16-year-old boy trying to give him dating advice? Like something's wrong. Like if I don't think the first thought, if it's a woman texting a young boy being like, oh, what's wrong with this pervert? But I think they would look at her and be like, she ain't got no life. Like, why is she texting this boy? Something's clearly wrong. And, you know, when it comes to Drake, I actually was listening to some of his music this morning. Like it was in the rotation. It wasn't I didn't just like go to a whole Drake album. But you ever just listen, but like actually listen to the music that you're listening to? Like normally you just listen to the melody. I I don't remember what song it was, but it was off of the last album. And it was just basically him being like, oh, I heard you got engaged on me. And why didn't you wait for me? Which is like in my mind, I was like, that's red flag fuckboy behavior. Like already Drake has been a fuck boy for a very long time because let me tell you something see let me see I'm getting riled up let me tell you something whenever a person says a guy in the situation whenever a guy reaches out to you after 
seeing or hearing that you've moved past them and that you've got things popping for you. And they're like, oh, why didn't you come and tell me? Because clearly when I was available, you wasn't interested. So now that you know that I got stuff going on now, all of a sudden, you want to know why I'm not making no time for you. So listen ladies I know we've all been in a situation where you finally got over the dude that you was crushing on or sleeping with or hoping would come around and one day see you as the woman that he should be with and then all of a sudden you finally move on and you find you a good catch and somebody who's attentive and giving you 100% attention and as soon as that old dusty negro finds out all of a sudden it's like oh you know I always wanted to be with you no you didn't you didn't always want to be with me you want to be with me now because I'm available but you don't really want to be with me like it's just your ego like oh my gosh she actually moved on and I know that this is not a great analogy or a great example of this but I actually just watched the first episode of Harley Quinn on what is it, DC? I think it's DC, whatever, right? So it's a new animated series following Harley Quinn, who is the girlfriend of the Joker. But in this first episode, it's like clear that she has like PTSD and she realizes that the Joker was never finna be her man. So it's, it's definitely not for kids, it's for adults. But just the lengths in which she went to tell herself that this is a real relationship with the Joker and for her new girlfriend, not girlfriend like that, but I don't know. Poison Ivy is definitely giving me some like lesbian vibes, but her new homegirl Poison Ivy was like, listen, bitch, the Joker don't want you. He don't want, I know he's smiling in your face, but that's just his face. He don't want to be with you. So stop killing yourself trying to be with this man because he don't want you, Right. So I'm pretty sure a lot of the women who ever fucked with Drake had a girlfriend was like, he girl, he don't want you. He just saying that he going to fly you out, but he don't want you. You're not going to get them Birkin bags that he's been collected for his future wife. Oh yeah. Sidebar. I remember reading an article years ago and Drake said that he collects every like Birkin bag that comes out because he's creating a, an archive for his future wife and when he marries her he's going to gift her all these Birkin bags and to me I was just like well what if she don't want Birkin bags I don't I don't want a Birkin bag I don't I I know I don't I don't want a Birkin bag I'm not it doesn't interest me at all and, it, and it's interesting because like you know I shop at Old Navy's like I just it was Black Friday I went to Old Navy I went to Target and I racked up this shirt is from um Old Navy and it's very nice by the way but I've never been a Birkin bag type of woman, even if I had the money. I am cheap. I'm realizing this. I'm realizing that I'm cheap because I'm up for a new phone upgrade. And I went online and everybody's talking about the new iPhone Pro Max. And, you know, why would you get the regular one? You got to get the big one. And I hear you, but I really don't even want to get that expensive. Like, to me, it's just like, why would I want to spend $1,100 on a phone. Like it just blows my mind. Like I don't need all of that extra stuff. What is it? It's just basically the only things I use my phone for is text messaging, social media, and taking pictures or video and not even a lot of that, the latter. So I don't really need that much high tech of a phone. I'm not even using my phone to record this on. I'm, I'm using this like tiny little affordable 4k camera that I got off of Amazon. Shout out to DB, DB power. I got three of them. Actually, it was like buy one, get one free. And I did that and I got another one. But anyway, so 
Yeah, I mean, I don't know why I want to spend. I don't want to spend that much money. And then this is see this is how the devil works on you. For some reason, did anybody else notice that um that Black Friday all of a sudden appears on your calendar as a holiday for for you as holidays? So I was looking at my phone last week, and all of a sudden I'm seeing a pop up like, "Ooh, Black Friday!" Like, when did this become a holiday? It's a it's a capitalistic attempt to profit during the holidays and if you want to go further back black friday allegedly was when was like the biggest slave auction days because it was like around the holiday so after thanksgiving everybody would drive into town and then they would have this massive slave auctions going into the new year so whatever i don't want that as a calendar marker on my phone calendar alert but i digress so I was like, let me go look at a phone, but let me splurge, right? So this is the devil. Cause it's like, well, if I'm going to get a new phone, I might as well just get a new phone and maybe get an accessory. So I started looking at the Apple watch and I don't own an Apple watch. If you're looking at this, this is actually a Fitbit. Okay. And I know, yes, Fitbits don't necessarily give you the most accurate heart rate uh, reading, but it just tells me when I did my 10,000 steps and that's all I need to know. So I can eat me a piece of cake. Uh, shout out to my brother Chad for sabotaging me tonight. I come home being like, you know what I ate? I'm not going to eat no more. It's already nine 30 and I walk into the kitchen. There's a big old hunk of red velvet cake, which I did not eat because I was like, I don't need all of that sugar. But what I did do was heat up some of my mother's uh, sweet potato pie. And I had a piece of that because I told myself that sweet potatoes were healthier than the red dye and red velvet cake. Anyway. So I was like, let me splurge and get an Apple watch. So I look on to see an Apple watch that I would like because I've never had one. And I figured out if I'm going to upgrade to a Pro Max 11 or whatever, 11 Pro Max iPhone, then I should just maybe get the watch to go with it. Right. For 2020. Right. You know, I made I made some money this year. I, I mean, I could get it and I can get it, but I don't it don't feel right in my spirit. The phone was like, you know, eleven hundred something dollars. And then the watch was like five hundred dollars. Yeah, or like four ninety nine or something like that, and I'm just like, why, why, why would I pay for a five hundred dollar watch? I just don't. It just, I don't. That's just too much. And now I, I'm looking at people who have those things, and I'm like, how the fuck did you afford that shit? Because I know you ain't making what. But then you realize it just adds on to people's monthly bills, so it's not like they're paying for it up top. But I just don't. I don't feel comfortable doing it. I don't feel comfortable buying a, a phone that's that expensive or a watch that's that expensive. Yeah. Really quick question. Um, is there anybody out there who admits that their mom's sweet potato pie isn't good? Because I feel like that's the one thing like you just be like, you know, my mom's sweet potato pie is banging or my auntie. But I've never like I think sweet potato pie is like the one thing you just got to be like, no, it's good. It, I mean, it should be good. But. Or maybe you just don't know that it's not good because it's like, how can you fuck up sweet potato pie? Which you can, by the way, if you have like the fibers in it. Like if I have to pull a fiber out of my mouth when I eat a bite of your sweet potato pie, it's not good. If it's too pale, like Michael Jackson, vitiligo Michael Jackson, it's not good. If it's lumpy and it's like like grainy like sandpaper, it's not good. But if you've only had that because that's how your mom makes it, do you know that it's not good? I don't know, but there's still another slice in there. And if you don't eat it, I'm gonna eat it because my mom must be potato pie is good. So Drake. 
So Drake, if it is true that he has exhibited predator behavior, I would be relieved and impressed that he is one of the first to be called to task in a public forum before his perversions, alleged perversions went too far. You know, like before he has like a harem of women or like a, a warehouse with bitches locked up. When he agrees. Okay. So I'm not going to speculate. I'm not trying to get into celebrity hearsay or gossip, but I will say that. And I've said this before. So if you've listened to this podcast, you've heard me say it before. The age in which a person becomes famous tends to be the emotional age that they remain for a long time. So Michael Jackson got famous at five. He liked hanging out with little kids who were young. He probably still had the emotional level of a five-year-old. Not five, but like mm, 10, right? Drake became famous when he was a teenager and he was in a wheelchair and Degrassi high, right? So I think in his mind, he's hanging out and texting these young girls because he may still have the emotional bandwidth of a junior or high school person. And also think back back then, he wasn't handsome. I mean, I don't really think, but he wasn't that handsome back then. So he might, he might not have had the swag needed to like flirt with girls like that. And then once he became a rapper, then all of a sudden, I remember I did this interview. It was like this like group panel show. And, uh, and I was like, Drake is an emo rapper. And this one chick was like, hey, it's not on him. And I was like, he's an emo rapper. If you listen to his lyrics, he is emotionally vomiting on every track. Talking about how he's pining after a woman who don't want him or pining after a woman who don't want him or shitting on niggas that hate on him, but not really. Like, okay, whatever, fine. It doesn't matter. So that's that on Drake. So we got Drake. If I had a little chart here, Drake cross it off cross off drake next up mm, it's a toss-up i think i'm gonna i think i'm gonna go with kamala let's go with kamala i learned how to say her name kamala harris kamala harris announced that she is no longer running for president and i'm a little i'm a little saddened by this in the sense that i wanted her to go far i did i mean i probably wasn't gonna vote for her if it like in the primary I'm actually like team Warren don't please let's just not it's not open for debate right now but I I feel like out of the pool of candidates that are still in the running as far as I'm concerned Elizabeth Warren has very clear policy objectives has a plan of action and she wants to take down big businesses and big banks who are corrupting our government in this country and draining us of natural natural resources and financial resources that the everyday American citizens should have access to. So that's where I stand on that. Right? Right. And uh and Biden is old. Sanders is old. 
Bernie Sanders was old and just had like a medical emergency like a month or two ago because physically he should not be on no campaign trail like this. And I know that we love to talk about, you know, how we don't support old people in this country. But for some reason in politics, these motherfuckers is old as shit. And I don't want old people telling me what to do when the world has changed dramatically. And the fact that Bernie Sanders has been a politician for 40 years, 40 years, and has not been able to successfully run for president before now is a clue that you, your, your, your ship has sailed. Your ship has sailed. Yes, you're progressive and you've done a lot allegedly, but like, I, I feel like you're, I feel like you are better off being a Yoda. How about that? I feel like you're better off being an all-knowing consultant who can get things done behind the scenes, but I don't need you. You not, I don't need you to be my president. Same thing with Biden. Biden, I don't even think you could be a Yoda behind the scenes because you wrote the crime bill that has disenfranchised generations of people of color in this country, right? And you still have very antiquated views about cannabis legalization. And you've been flip-floppy a little bit about, you know, the immigration crisis. So... Biden, I think that you are an old school Democrat and things have changed and you have not because you're old as shit. There, I said it. So when it comes to Kamala, I mean, I'm not even going to go into Mayor Pete because he's been showing his ass and I feel like he's just like a gay, like he's like a gay Stephen Miller in the sense like he just has this like laser focus on being like in power and he doesn't care what he has to do to, to get there. So He's like a fraud to me. So I'm not really fucking with Mayor Pete. And I'm not going to learn how to say his last name because that's how much I'm not fucking with him. Which leads us with Kamala. Cory Booker, I'm just not even going to address Cory Booker. I don't even know. Is he still in the running? Like, how is he still in the running? And Castro is, is making a lot of good points. And somebody needs to grab him up to make him a part of their cabinet. That's why I wish, like, the Democratic field would do. I wish they would just, like, form, like, Voltron and be like, listen, I'm not going to win. But you you a good ally. Like, like remember season one of Survivor? Remember season one of Survivor when he was, like, cutting deals, like, week two? Being like, I ain't going to vote for you. You don't vote for me. And we can form an alliance. And then they was double crossing each other. Maybe that's not a good example, but they work together in the larger scheme of things. But that's what I kind of wish the the democratic field would do. So Kamala, 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 Kamala. I feel like this is a conspiracy. I feel like there's something else that was about to, like a shoe was about to drop, as they say. And I only know a shoe is about to drop from watching um, Sex in the City. There was like an episode where Carrie was like, when is the, sh- when is the other shoe going to drop? And there was like a slow motion pan of like her shoe falling from the bed to the floor. I watched way too much Sex in the City. I probably have no desire to watch it now. But this is a good, good tweet social media see i'm still trying to incorporate stuff from when i first created this podcast keith boykin um author and prolific tweeter said pete i don't know i don't know how to say his last name pete is a 37 year old mayor of the fourth largest city in indiana with no federal or state government experience he was elected with 8515 votes Kamala Harris is a 55-year-old U.S. Senator from California. She was elected with 7.5 million votes. 
And so the reason why he tweeted that it was because people were being like, well, maybe she didn't have enough experience to be president. Maybe she didn't have enough, you know, je ne sais quoi. maybe she didn't have enough support. Maybe she didn't have enough, you know, reach and appeal. And it's just like, yeah, okay. Maybe she was just a black woman and y'all was never going to vote for a black woman. Cause we, have, we don't, we haven't even had a black, uh, a woman yet. Let's be honest. So this is my conspiracy theory thought about Kamala Harris. Honestly, I don't know why, but I feel like, Kamala was being targeted hard body for her to quit someone or something was going to be exposed. And so recently there was an article that said there was a lot of like infighting and turmoil within her, within her campaign team. And one of her top aides left and joined Bloomberg of all people. Uh, I live in New York city. Mayor Bloomberg is maybe slightly better than Donald Trump when it comes to arrogance, ego, and corruption. I said it. Uh, and like, like corruption, like, um, I don't think he's just outright as like flagrant with his corruption as Donald Trump is, but I think that he definitely knows how to bend the rules because he's a powerful money holder and player in whatever, whatever field that he's in. And I say that because living in New York City, Mayor Bloomberg became our mayor and decided not to take the not to take the salary because he's a billionaire. And he was like, I'm just going to take a one dollar salary each year for being the mayor. We was like big whoop. He did not live in the mayor's mansion because he was like, Ugh, it's dirty and old. So he never went to the mansion. Then he would take the train and he tried to speak Spanish during all his press conferences and sound terrible. And then he, for some reason, he finagled it so that he changed the law so that he could be mayor for a third term because he said that New York City was in a financial crisis. Mind you, we were in a financial crisis, but the entire country was in a financial crisis and nobody else was able to bend the rules that they could run for a third term. And it was almost like damn near unchallenged because he rewrote the rules and then wrote them back. So nobody else can do it. So like, I ain't really, I'm not really feeling, he also dismantled most of the New York city board of education. And that's how come you have all these charter schools coming into the mix now. Like I'm not, I'm not with Bloomberg. So when Kamala lost one of her top eights to Bloomberg, I was like, Ooh, that's like kind of sketch. Right. And then all of a sudden, like she is pulling out and I don't know what the official reason is now. I probably won't know it, but it just feels it just in my heart of hearts. It just felt like it just felt like she was being targeted and, and attacked by like other forces and entities. And, you know, when you are a, a prosecutor and you've cut deals in the past, like who's to say somebody didn't just come up like, oh, I'm trying to collect on that debt you owe me. I'm trying to. I know I sound real like conspiracy theory, but I, I just something about just something about that situation. I just don't know. It just doesn't sit well with me because there's so many other people that I would prefer would have already dropped out of the race. And she wasn't at the top of that list at all. Let me see if I can pull up. Kamala Harris. Okay. Let's see. From the LA Times, Kamala Harris suspended her presidential run Tuesday, marking a lackluster end to an initial marking. Let me start over. 
sidebar, this is how it felt when I had to read my book. Did I tell you guys that I read the audio book for my book? So when my book drops on like audio books, it'll be me reading the book. And that was so daunting because if I had known that I was going to read this book, I would have picked a lot more easier words to say because ain't nothing more embarrassing than you reading your own words and you can't read the word or you miss mispronouncing it or whatever. And it also made me realize how many words I know that I don't necessarily pronounce the right way because you don't have to say them out loud. But I digress. Kamala Harris suspends her presidential run Tuesday, marking a lackluster end to an initially soaring presidential bid premised on the California senator's personal biography and prosecutorial prosecutorial see prosecutor prosecutorial acumen ultimately her run foundered with a muddling purpose campaign infighting and an inability to sustain support from vital democratic voting blocs particularly african-americans so y'all trying to blame us now huh you trying to blame us we the reason we the reason now all right, y'all. That's that's how y'all playing that game. In her email to supporters, Harris blamed her campaign's end on a lack of money. Now, if Kamala wasn't able to get a lot of money, right? That begs the question: Who, who are the the black elite or the the black wealthy? Who are they putting their money behind? Because I know when it was Obama, they was putting their money behind Obama, and I want to say probably Kerry when he ran, right? Um, yeah, I want to know who I doubt. I'm interested. I'm interested to see who they put any money behind. I mean, I know Cardi B has been talking about Bernie Sanders, and so has uh, what's her name, girl with the ponytail, really like a waif. She used to be a Disney Ariana Grande. But I'm interested to see who else people are talking about. But sorry, Kamala. Um, I didn't get emotional. I just had a burp. Uh, sorry, Kamala. I'm sorry that it didn't work out for you. But hopefully somebody picks you up and makes you their vice presidential pick or their attorney general. How about that? I mean, you're, it's not it's not it's not like when people drop out of a race that they actually stop doing politics altogether. So, like, you know, she's going to stay in politics. So I see you, girl. I see you. I maybe I see you at the hair salon. I don't know, because your, your curls be bouncing. Your curls stayed bouncing this whole time. A nice full body wave you had going on there. Had some good hair. Definitely some good hair. So I give you credit for that. And last but not least, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Gabrielle union gabrielle union was recently terminated from her judge position on america's got talent which is hosted by terry cruz and also features simon cowell and i bring up simon cowell because it's alleged that he was pivotal in her firing or her contract not being renewed contract uh that was worth 12 million dollars a season allegedly 12 million dollars a season to sit there and hit a button sign me up but gabrielle union is now potentially seeking legal action for wrongful termination because she spoke out against racially insensitive and sexist remarks that happened on set and was kind of quieted down or told to like you know don't 
don't report this to the NBC brass, but just reported to Simon Cowell, who's like the executive producer and I guess tyrant on set. And you know, the one thing, the one thing they don't like is for someone new to come into the mix and hold the mirror up to all of their bad behavior, which brings me to another thing that is a big issue here. Gabrielle Union also allegedly was told several times that her hairstyle was too ethnic, too black. Her hair was too, her hairstyles are too black. And you know, she was serving looks too. And so they noted that they wanted her to tone down her Afrocentric hair. This is like, you need to chill out. Like just stop. Like the hair thing, really? Like you looking at people who are juggling balls while they do a handstand and you worried about her her Afro puff? Come on now. But you know, racism, that's how that works. And so she was terminated and her contract wasn't renewed. But it just made me think of like all the times that I've been one of a few or the only woman of color in a situation and I wanted to speak out about something and I was either quieted down or pushed aside or, you know, reprimanded for speaking out. And, you know, the biggest thing that they love to tell us is that, well, you should, you know, you should just be happy that you're here. Just be happy that you're here. And that may have worked in the past, but it doesn't work anymore because now we're getting to hold people accountable. And in what world did they think it was a smart idea to terminate Gabrielle Union, who has the most social media followers of all the people affiliated with that cast? She was tweeting every week about it. She was having her baby backstage with her. She was showing her hair and her dress. She was doing a lot of stuff to bring attention to that show, which is like, come on, 2020, we still doing voting voting talent shows like I'm over it but I mean I'm glad Gabby you got that money and your clothes at New York and company are very very cute if you need a spokesmodel with a larger size mm -mm -mm, come and see your girl but you thought that it was going to be unnoticed like no it's not unnoticed it's not unnoticed but see that's the arrogance of it is to think that you can just do away with a woman like Gabrielle Union and there'll be no repercussions and now the, the the gag of it all is that they also got rid of like Julianne Huff, Huff, whatever her name is, the other woman that was a judge on the show. They got rid of her too, but ain't nobody worried about her. <laughs> ain't nobody said a peep about Julianne, girl. They was like, you, girl, you be fine. We'll see you in a Hallmark Christmas movie next year. You'll be fine. But nobody said a peep about her, but everybody's like coming to the defense of Gabrielle Union because this is like, why? Why? Like, why? First of all, why are the two women that are on the cast so disposable? And why did you make it such a big deal that you're penalizing a woman who's trying to make you accountable for improper workplace workplace I, conversations to like make you a better person? And it brings me the reason why I bring this up because it brings me to my book. I know it seems like a, a cheap segue, but it's actually a real segue. So my book, Fuck Your Diet, I talk about my experience working in a white environment as one of a handful of women of color when I was an editorial assistant at a women's magazine. And there were times when I spoke out about things or drew attention to other things or told them that, no, you've actually mislabeled these two black people. That's not that person. That's that person. Cause you know how, you know how you see captions and you're like, how the hell did they say that Jay-Z is 
50 cent like what they, they don't even look alike and then you're like well how can nobody nobody saw that well most of the times nobody saw that because there aren't any people of color in the room who can correct that mistake and when you do correct the mistake they try to be like oh yeah well you know already it's not that big a deal it's like no 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 it is that big of a deal because you don't know your black people and you have me here for a reason so listen to what i'm saying and i'm telling you that this is not cool but yeah, it was very like, whew, I don't know, y'all. That was, I feel for Gabby, but I'm glad that she's speaking out about it and she's not taking it lightly. And she has people that are rallying for her and supporting her. And, you know, whenever that woman from Grey's Anatomy, I do not know her name off the top of my head, but the main character, that woman, that that white queen, whenever she gets to Twitter and start speaking on behalf of people of color, you know, you know, it unhit the mainstream well no not no she's super woke so it didn't that's it. she's bring she brought it to the mainstream i can't remember her name what is her name i actually used to watch Grey's anatomy but once they uh once isaiah washington went crazy and um george got hit by a bus and they fucked up his whole damn face i was like and it once lizzie was uh fucking that nigga's ghost i mean it wasn't a nigga but when she was fucking that dude's ghost so like envisioning him and he was in a coma i was like i think i'm good on Grey's Anatomy. Ellen Pompeo. I didn't even look it up. It just came to me. She probably heard me talking about her. That's how woke she is. She was like, oh, there's a black woman in Brooklyn talking about me. Let me tell her my name so she can say my name. Grey's Anatomy. I just want to make sure that it is Ellen Pompeo. Ellen Pompeo. Yep. Ellen Pompeo. Ooh. Mm-mm-mm. She's one of the highest paid actors in the world, having signed a $20 million annual contract with ABC in 2017. She is 50 years old and she's married to a black man. Yep, he's black. And she has been, damn, they got one, two, well, three kids. They got three kids, but they got really long names. So I thought it was more kids. They all got one, two, three, four names. And of course the kids have both of their names, Pompeo and Ivory, because that's how progressive of a couple they are. So it's not even hyphenated. She was like, you're not, you're not hyphenating my name. You're not hyphenating Pompeo. They're going to have both our names. How about that? Cause we are equal footed partners in this relationship. She woke as shit, but yep. She came to the defense and. Oh, wait, let me see what she said workplace cultures will be will continue to be toxic until there is unity and solidarity among all women if you go for self in these moments you undermine the work we are out here trying to do obviously this network feels like they can operate this way and it's okay oh wait what damn she be going in hold on let me read one more tweet from ellen pompeo i'm sorry y'all i got distracted it's unfortunate that nbc the same network that protected disgusting men like matt lauer and punished women for speaking out for not putting up with it has not changed their practices or culture i support gabrielle union's commitment to speaking up to injustice it takes courage Ooh, she told y'all so there we have it. We covered Drake and his suspicious relationship with underage girls via texting and trying to be their friend, which some people may say is grooming. 
I'll leave it up to you guys to decide. We talked about Kamala Harris, the second African-American most woman of color. Okay. We'll just say, cause I don't want to diminish her, her Indian side, but Kamala Harris, the second African American descendant woman of color to run for president has dropped out of the race. RIP to her campaign. I do think that she is a brilliant mind and very strong and she's amazing when it comes to interrogations. And I hope that she asks a lot of questions during the impeachment trials. So she'll be fine. She just won't be president. And last but not least, we're talking about Gabrielle Union getting shafted by NBC on America's Got Talent because she spoke out and they tried to dismiss her. And little did they know, Gabrielle Union has supporters. All right. And I support her because she looks amazing. She has not aged a day. And I don't know if that's genetics or wealth, but when I get wealthy, Lord knows, I hope my genetics kick in as well. Okay. Cause she's still wearing her clovers, uh, cheerleading outfit from 25 years ago. So go ahead, Abriel Union, and they ain't gonna hold you down. Okay. Your edges is popping. Your baby's cute. Your man is fine. He's retired. He got your back. You out here thriving on social media, and they're gonna have to give you a good coin or your own show. Watch them give you your own show. They're gonna give you your own show. I can see it. I can see it, girl. And if you need a writer, producer, judge to hit a button for $12 million a year, I am your girl. All right, ladies and gentlemen. It was a good episode. We did it. I pulled through. I, we got through it. We got through it. We were focused. And like I said, please drop a comment and let me know if you would like for me to start interviewing people again on the show. If you like or if you watch the videos that I do along with it now. And, um, and what you would like to see from me in 2020. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye.